Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. And I was home. But what? You think we're talking about Sandler? We're talking about Kenny Loggins. What you We're punchy. We're in a bunker. Dots? Um, somewhere. Dots, anyone? You have sugar. window. What are you eating now? Paper? These are dots, guys. Jesus. Remember these? Low you blood, kid? No, is that sugar? Yeah, I've oh. only had one, that one. Mm. Uh, Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins. What a stud, dude. By the way, I saw Loggins Messina, Day on the Green. Uh, What's that? Uh, Angry Eyes. Remember that lick? I don't think I do. You know? Anyway, this was a really fun podcast for me personally because I love music and I love musicians. And Kenny Loggins can really, he's, He's one of, he, like in high school, he mm. wrote, he just sat down with a guitar. He's one of those savants. I mean, he's somebody who just knew how to sing and play guitar at a very early age. His, and his, uh, we really talk about his songwriting prowess and how he, how he comes up with songs. I mean, we, he sat right here. Remember, he came over. Uh, he sat mm -hmm. here. We had a blast. Looks the same. He's a stud. Talk about how super famous he got there. Stadiums mm -hmm. and just, uh, you know, he's obviously uh, such a big songwriter Loggins and Messina, just Kenny Loggins. Yeah. Hit songs in hit movies. Soundtracks. He, that was big, big money. Yeah. I um, mean, Footloose. I mean, Footloose. come on. And many, many others. I mean, uh, his song in, um, what's the Tom Top Cruise? Gun? Top Gun. That they wanted, he wanted to redo it. And they said, no, we want the exact same song. Oh, we, you know, we had a big controversy because uh, AI sang him Fruit Loops parody of, uh, of, uh, you know, Footloose. And I couldn't remember the goddamn comedian that did it, but I was doing the other comedian's bit, but singing it to Kenny Longs was a blast. And he hadn't heard it and he thought it was funny. <laughs> and then uh, and then on Top Gun, I always thought until the day I saw him, it was, I went to the danger zone and it's highway. And we get in a big argument because I said, highway there's not the a danger. highway in the sky. I don't even understand what you're talking about. Highway so, to the danger zone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way to the danger. Oh. I said, that makes no sense. That song shouldn't have worked. So we fought about that. <laughs> got very tense. I know. Ed, look, um, was it going to get physical? I, did, I never thought it went to that level. Mm -mm. He stood up. We cut tape. <laughs> this, you don't need to know this stuff. This is behind the scene. No, anyway, by the end, we were tease. friends. But put it this way. Kenny Loggins is one of those people in the last long time, maybe 50 years, has been a huge part of American music. You don't even realize how much he's done. Wall-to-wall yeah. -wall hits. And he's he's still out there touring. He looks great. I mean, he's like, he's Kenny Loggins. He's a rock star. So uh, I found this really, really interesting. <laughs> mm. Cue to the audience. <laughs> it was great. And uh, it made me realize how boring I was. Because when I was hearing about his hits, and he was playing the Hollywood Bowl right after that, and we couldn't go. And... Mm -hmm. 
But anyway, he was. Because we a, couldn't find it. I drove over there and I went round and round. I couldn't find the Hollywood Bowl. I just started rolling down my window and went, Kenny! Kenneth? <laughs> Sometimes he answers the But Kenneth. remember, and toward the end, he handed you a ukulele and you played a beautiful. I um, said, Love the world who holds the world in a paper cup. Hey, guess what? What song does that go? Paper cup. That's called Paper Cup. No, Danny's song. song. Danny's song. And even though I don't have money, I'm so in love. Now you know why I'm a comedian. Hey, <laughs> Jesus. Guess what? Newsflash. We, don't, we can cut this. What was the first big badass song globally? We're talking about the 19th century. Yeah. That was like heavy metal in those days. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the, that's the only clue. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. I'm not kidding. This was a heavy metal, huge global hit. Gently, gently, gently. Yeah, life, life is, is but a dream. dream. That was very like, edgy. That was like Metallica <laughs> in 1860. Stop. I don't want to hear it. Let's look at a clip. Uh, okay. Anyway. That's the only one we might actually cut. No, I'm kidding. No, I just need a second. Hold on. You got to take that? Kenny? Yeah, yeah. We just did the thing. No, no. Spade's cool with you. It's fine. We talked about Danger Zone. Highway to Danger Zone. <laughs> All right. Next time you're at the bowl, hit me up. Okay, buddy. All right. Let's throw that, to it. That was your mom. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? People smile, tell me I'm lucky one. That's a great song. You know that song, Heather? And even though we ain't got money, I'm so in love with you, Didn't we sing that to his face? Did he write that or not? Oh, he wrote yeah, it. Someone else did it. Oh, he wrote oh, he it. Wrote it. Right. He wrote the fucking shit Okay, here's how this one goes. <clears throat> Yeah, you do it. Pa, pa, a, pa, pa. Ah, I go, give me a little darn, a darn, a darn, a darn, And he's like, God damn. <laughs> That's the beginning. Even though we didn't got money. We did a corporate so honor. People smile and tell me I'm a lucky one. Life's just begun. I think I'm going to have a son. He will be like you and me, as free as a dove. This is the hard part. No. Conceived in love. Sun is going to shine above. Here's the hard part. Even though we ain't got money. <laughs> oh, my God. He's good. What the fuck? Damn it. I'm this is so like... in love with you, honey. If me, me, a heat, a ha, Hello. Head of A&M. Um, I can take your chair. I'll call you later, AM Records. I think I have someone you might want to meet. They ran out of film about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, that's good. Oh, can't wait to get to this grilling. Okay. I want to start with that song parody thing. Yeah, I no, I want, I want. I want to say one thing. Yeah, um, you're on. Oh, so you're I was. Um, I finally saw. It was about a year ago. I saw your audition reel for Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. oh, I haven't even seen that it. tape. Is fantastic. Thank tape. you. It was a tape when I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, how have we not seen these for this whole time? I've never seen it. I. They're coming out with so many things that I've never seen in my life. Rehearsals. It's on YouTube. Well, anything they tape, they can they can sell. I mean, I guess back then, but they held it for so long because mm. I just saw a video. A rough video, Dana, of Thursdays doing promos. You know, they do promo with you. You would be in it. Well, they keep uh, releasing them. And you do it with the host, the music, and then maybe one of the mm. cast members. And I would write those. That was sort of my jury duty mm. when I got there. And so you get to meet people like you and the yeah. host. And but, so it mm-hmm. was me. Lauren's up there Lauren. sort of monitoring. <laughs> the first Lauren impression came early. Uh, and then... Uh, <laughs> 
And then it was Amelia Estevez was the host, Pearl Jam was the band. And so mm, I'm nice. explaining how to read, you know, this is what you say as you say. And then I step back. They don't just show the promo, step back and watch. And Lauren watches, they try it and then they go cut. But still rolls, and they go. When they when you say they try it, you mean not the actual actors. Though. No, the actual actors are really taping it to oh, record okay. it. Take but they after keep, take. It had to be exactly thirty seconds. That was no, important. no, it had to be like uh, what? Like nine? Yeah, it oh, was very oh, hard. Really fast ones. Oh, yeah. You had okay. to put the host, the music name, and then you had to do a joke. Hi, I'm Milo Estevez. So that's online. And now. this is oh, uh, I'm hosting with Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, and then we have four seconds for a joke. joke. And so I had to write like 12 of those jokes every week for a host. And uh, That's quite an exercise. Yeah. Did you do promos when you were there? You had to do that on Thursday probably. Uh, no. I, and back when I did it, we didn't do promos. Oh, the, for the musical real? act didn't do that. Who was your host? Do you remember? You don't have to. Kenny, not I one I bit it's of only research. It's <laughs> from 1982. No. <laughs> it was a, I'm going to guess it was the a host fuzzy was... Area. was uh, I don't know, Mary Taylor Moore? <laughs> no. <laughs> 82. Not that far back. <laughs> 82. She also, when I was there, graduating yeah. high school. 82, you were doing. I was graduating uh, Saguaro High School in Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I was that was right yeah. in the pocket of me loving SNL for sure. Yeah, me too. Because high school is like. When me you too. Crazy. Okay, I just had people a, think that when, when I do those movies, then, you know, do you hang out with Bill Murray and do you, you know, oh, right. you know, all that with like right. Caddyshack and, and stuff all like day. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, and I. You never meet the music's the last thing they do. Yeah, you never meet the actors are on to their next or, or next next movie. The yeah, band, the band is always the badass. I mean, look, if we were talented like you, yeah. I would have gone into music. That we all wanted to do what you did. Jealous of singers. this was our fallback. I was in a little band. I had a Hardy Boys uh, book was my snare, and I would kick a little. Oh. Hamper and Tragic. my brother had a one string. How guitar. old were you when you? Did I was two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like uh, seven or eight. But rock stars. But what I wanted to ask you, I just had a flight of fancy because this song, Dan Danny's song, which is really super iconic. Even if you haven't heard in a while, it's like the chorus, like even though we ain't got money, I'm still in love with you, honey. Do you think that still rings true to you? <laughs> you, you just reminded me. I I did Gilbert Godfrey's show. You about did two years ago. Oh. And we yeah. sang Danny's song together. Oh, oh really? Oh. Did he change the lyrics? I know, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. You but know. it's very romantic and very youthful because, uh -huh. you know, in modern society, it's like, even though you're out of cash, I'm leaving real fast. And, you know, yeah, yeah. That kind of, but that's that young, youthful. Even you though you that don't kind have of in high Instagram school, right? followers, I'm still yeah, in high school. High school. Sen senior in high school. You sat down with a guitar. Yeah, my my brother, brother wrote me a letter a about you mm -hmm. know having a baby and yeah. moving, and so that's why it's called Danny's song because yeah. it was taken from Danny's letter. Some of the lines in the song are actually I know one of them. Know. But what was your first chord? Pisces Virgo Rising was, was very, a very good, good sign, sign. Strong and kind. But the melody, I mean, how do you do you start with the? You G? know the album version, see that never made the single version. Jeez. Oh really? Yeah. You researched it. Oh really? That's such a great line. Yeah, and I don't know why. Never got high, right? They weren't going to play that on the radio. I never got. Oh, boy, I was a lucky guy. Is that what you say? Yeah. yeah. Boy, I was a sorry guy. What was it? No, boy, I was a sorry guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that had, song it, was a tearjerker. Well, people well, adopted it. You know, hard oh, to get a, a hook the, like that. The funniest part for me is playing benefit concerts where it's you know ten thousand dollars a plate, <laughs> yeah. and they're singing. You know, even though we ain't got money. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just singing like, <laughs> <laughs> was exactly. there ever a time you didn't have money? <laughs> Even though we're trying to recall. I was at a Catholic money. church once and the priest was going, we, you know, in the name of the Lord, we all need money. And the whole church was there. And then I saw Jeff Bezos 
going up and getting communion. I thought, well, this guy could help out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know, maybe he did buy the church. Yeah. He buys everything he can see. Anyway, but that song is amazing because I'm always fascinated by someone who can come up with a, a hook, a melodic hook like that. You're just drumming, and then that comes to you, right? And some some people are better at it than others. Well, and, you're and kind of one of the best. <laughs> it, it just, it's just a thing that was there right from the very beginning. You had it. That yeah. I knew what a hook was. And, and what was your guitar? I'm sorry, this is maybe too technical. Inside, we don't really need no, him. We, we don't, don't really need him at all. Take it over. Because you talk a lot about in your book how you got the new better with machine. the guitar <laughs> over time. And yeah. how proficient were you on the guitar? How many chords did you know when you when you wrote Danny's song as a kid sitting I in your I think bed? I used all the chords I knew on that song. It was like five? <laughs> <You're right. laughs> did you do bar yeah. chords? Um, not at first. Nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the last David, thing you want you can to have the next question. We, we take team today. Speaking of bar chords, okay. you're from Alhambra, you California, which uh -huh. I've only heard about that city on traffic No reports. human being really knows where it is. If you know where Pasadena is. Yes. But Alhambra, you're like, Alhambra, where is are that? Are you thinking of Altadena? Well, Altadena's there too. We played we played mm. sports against these mm -hmm. towns. I hear that on weather reports. Uh, okay, so you ask, tell him he's got that rock star life. That's that's really Dana's big Well, takeaway. I just, yeah, I, lo I love the very end of your book uh, be because you kind of summed it up saying I, you don't really want to be Kenny Loggins anymore in a sense. But we never had your fame or were a rock star. Mm. And that is a motherfucker. Well, you're, you're kind of a rock star in your world. Uh, well, thank you. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I take back everything I said. <laughs> right. But you and, is, and, you know, I was just thinking the ride of that. And when you become that famous and you were a full-blown sex symbol, right? I mean- Still am. Well, of course you are now. The ladies must I'm, go crazy. I'm, I deal with you every day. You are finally, finally preserved and very handsome. Yeah. But in the 70s and 80s, that's just heady stuff. Do you have a question, David? My, my question is, <laughs> is, I think- I was waiting for your question. There's yeah. no question. He I'm just defining you. Okay. But that must have been amazing. But go well, ahead, David. I think his fame- uh, Sort of, I'm not relating you to me at all. You're a huge fucking rock star, which, but when I got fame, it it was a little easier to deal with because it was so incremental. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, got on like mm -hmm. locally in town, I was doing stand up, and then some people knew me there. So that was a little weird. And then, and then I got right. on like an HBO Young Comedian special, then a little more people, SNL, but didn't do much. Then I got a part in a movie, but it wasn't the starring yeah. role. So over time, people started to know me, but it took yeah. 10 you years, You got famous at 51. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He was a rock star. But you did, like, it was 21, right? Basically 22. 21, that yeah. That first. My, well, my oldest son says, Dad, that fucked you up right from the very beginning. Is that beginning. what I, and What did you mean by that? <laughs> well, you you miss out on the parts on of life. life that you right. should be learning about. Right. Because it's all And writing genocide. about. Because then you're writing, you're not. Uh, yeah. anonymous anymore and you're not walking around uh, absorbing life and getting a real reaction about the real world yeah the real world evolves you yeah know, i never had to learn how to cook for myself yeah it was one of the things i wished that i would have gone through that phase mm -hmm. of getting more friendly with the kitchen yeah how do you cook now i mean do you have <laughs> I ask lisa oh, yeah. to cook okay. yeah. lisa, <laughs> lisa cooks um so you know i felt like the when i felt famous for the first time in my 30s, that I, to certain people, I became an idea or a concept, you know, mm -hmm. um, especially just getting wealth too. Like, when did wealth come in for you? Like, real wealth. When did you first make a million dollars? That was right out, right, very right close to the beginning. Yeah, really? was, you got was full money. So it, it was the opposite of your story. We, I was trying to say we, we had the same the story, and then I started to back out of it. 
Yeah, we uh, Loggins from Cena played the troubadour as the opening act for Curtis Mayfield. Okay, and then mm-hmm. two weeks later, I think it was they brought us back as headliners because I guess the headliners dropped out and Weston needed somebody in a hurry. Yeah, so they pulled us back in. So it looked like the rise to that oh, kind of thing. Oh, back then but that plus, was a huge deal. FM radio was still a, a new concept. Mm-hmm. FM was. Oh, my oh yeah. God. yeah. And so huge. and so they adopted the Loggins and Messina record because we had these seven minute tracks where they could go out back and get stone and then come back in and, and was it, what playing. was on that first album? The first that the, got hit the, Angry that Eyes? was sitting in. Angry Eyes was the second, second album. album. But what were the but hits off that sitting in album? Sitting had, had Danny's song. Oh which, Danny's song. And Murray yeah. covered before we got to it. Mm-hmm. And it had Anne uh, Murray of all people. Believe yeah. in me, is that what she sings? Believe no, in no, me. Well, uh, I can't Danny believe song. It. But she, she did Danny song, but she also she, she was it. her own star. Oh yeah. And then you, you sort of gave that to her and just said, Do you want to cover I it? I gave it to her, yeah. She was uh, with uh, I had a friend and and that was her her friend her friend, so I met her through her friend. So you still get checks yeah. today from Ann Murray's cover, and then you get checks for then your you own. Did, you did your research, didn't you? Yeah, well, I, I'm into royalties <laughs> and money. money. <laughs> I want to know your net worth, yeah. but I'm not gonna, <laughs> but, uh, So anyway, just to put that in context, I'll be like Howard Stern. You're 21, 22. Mm-hmm. You've got a huge hit album. You're getting famous. Girls love you. You're getting really wealthy. Then what happens? <laughs> you do more of it. Then what <laughs> more girls. Well, more. in those days, you know, uh, I didn't have a girlfriend or a wife or anything, no family. So, you know, 21 years old, you mean I would go on the road for 300 days a year. Good God. We just lived out there because there was nobody <sighs> at home. The was day you get bus? famous, do they deliver cocaine to your house or do you have to go buy it? Or how Your underwear is made of cocaine <laughs> and then you're using, you, you have, gradually just take it. You have a vending machine at every gig. and the, Yeah. And so 300 right. days, but you, you were got young. got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I asked for. <laughs> wow. Is that on a bus or are you flying commercial or, I mean, that's just. Well, it's um, both. On the East yeah. Coast, you'll tend to bus because the, the venues the, are closer, closer together. Yeah. On the West Coast, you usually fly. And the, they start to grow exponentially like it was. You know, to theaters or three thousand. Well, we theaters. started on a college go? tour, so we played yeah. the yeah, gyms, that's what we did. gymnasiums, you know, college, and then yeah. and then that grows out to real venues. The word gets well, what around. Are, what a size bit. would be the real ones? Because I don't know if we really got past that. Well, size. things <laughs> happen pretty quick, so yeah. we probably did a short bit of what they call performing arts centers, which are twenty five hundred people, mm-hmm. and then we were suddenly in in outdoor you know venues. Yeah. I remember a show we played in. I think it was Oakland. Well, I obviously don't remember that show. In Paramount Theater? And oh. it was, uh, opening act was Peter Frampton, then Fleetwood Jeez. Mac. Jesus. Stevie and Lindsay had just joined the band, so that hadn't caught on yet. And then wow. us, and then Rod Stewart. And I wow. told the, I told the balloon story in the book about- Goddamn. Then when you walk off stage- Jimmy bribing the kid holding Rod Stewart's balloons to, <laughs> he gave him 50 bucks and said, let him go now. <laughs> so funny. hundreds of balloons take off for our encore did you guys like with comedians it's always a pecking order like if there's comedians your opening act tries to blow you away even though he's your friend and if you're the headliner the middle tries to dominate you yeah. do you like you'll follow that motherfucker rod stewart or did you no, feel that we, then or you're just where zero? were you in that lineup we were third third but you follow oh, fleetwood yeah. mac follow fleetwood mac they were pretty good were they? <laughs> they were okay. What happened to them? Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, <laughs> I'm still jealous that you even knew Stevie Nicks and also rang her up to do a song, which is she uh, was a, yeah, which is a, such a great well, song. You know, because I was their opening act for the better part of a year. They oh. opened for Loggins and Messina when they started, and then we, op- then I opened for them when I went solo. And it was really the the duet with Stevie that launched my solo career 
on the radio. God, the, the amount of people that, that that era that you touched, you, you worked with and interacted with is yeah. extraordinary. Had we known <laughs> yeah. so that uh, we were iconic. You should have tried <laughs> to manage Fleetwood Mac or something. You know? Yeah, really. I'm new to this, but I You were asked to manage somebody though, right? What's that? You were asked to manage someone? No. Yeah. Dana, nice try. <laughs> Save that David joke for let me do No, I thought I thought you said in the book That's that none of that's true. Just put no, I swear to God, I thought he said and you kicked him to your manager. Or they asked you who's a good manager. Oh well said, that was uh, Michael Jackson. See, Dana? My oh, here, but you don't listen. Michael Jackson, a little guy, a little guy. I wrote down something because I was listening. I was listening to some of your stuff. I listened to five, four this morning, four years old. I was listening last on my iPod without knowing this was coming up. They're already on. No bullshit. Cool. This phony over here. This guy's a showbiz phony. I'm oh, totally look at for these real. Notes. He gets competitive sometimes, mm -hmm. but he's he's good. You David know, might be helpful to give your notes to the people watching and. And they can just, they can <laughs> we pick have the a best crowd in here today. No, I have great questions. Oh, what Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, I love. And that was early on, right? Yeah. You wrote songs for them? Mm -hmm. Well, no, I wrote I wrote a couple songs for them. Yeah, I wrote songs for them, great. Not actually for them, but I had these songs that I was playing. We go to parties, different parties around town, and there'd always be like five or six musicians with their guitars. And we'd just sit around in a circle and we'd take turns playing <laughs> oh songs. Oh my God. Is, and they, and and they so would say, we want that one? Two of the guys from the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band were in the circle. So they would do songs that they knew. And then they came to me after this whole thing and said, that one you did about the bear, we want to do that one. And can you come up to wow, Little Canyon and sing, sing your stuff for John McEwen? So and, when you started doing your thing, cool. did people get kind of quiet then? Oh, wait, wait, Kenny, Kenny's got something. No. I mean, so, but no, you were no. a songwriter. It's so valuable for a band to have a guy come in and write to their style. And just have a, you know, you, they yeah. recognized the style I was writing and was the style they were recording it. David, whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep. The farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy, which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard farmer's dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human grade ingredients. Safe, clean kitchens, all that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why Why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs- much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you, you put it in their bowl and they go, what is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh, yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Mm -hmm. like, so Farmer's Dog isn't just higher no. quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, if you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poops. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't <laughs> matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. 
I just wanted to insert this because it really made me laugh. But in 1969, you were in a band called the New Improved Electric Prunes. Well, is that real? <laughs> I don't know about Wicom- the new improved part. But <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was on I Wikipedia. <laughs> the new improved electric prunes. No. Are they no. around anymore? No. There was an electric prunes that did I Had Too Much to Dream Last Night and a couple other hit records. And, and of course, they got in a fight and the lead singer left. Mm-hmm. And so they needed a couple new people in the band. And so I got yeah. a call from my friend who was hired to do the new music direction. Mm-hmm. And I was going to Pasadena City College. And he called me and said, you want to go on the road? I said, yeah. And you were a teenager, basically. Well, uh, yeah. Close. I was 19. Uh, 19. Anyway, I was just leaping ahead here stylistically. Yeah. This is it. Hearing that song. Mm-hmm. And yeah. your voice on that thing is supernatural. And it really reminded me, or it was sort of a, a similar style to uh, Michael Jackson, that you could oh, really? reach these notes. I, I don't. Oh. Did, did people talk about your vocal performance on that song in specific? You had so many, but I was just kind of blown away by how you hit that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, though that I'm still struck. The problem with all that is that recording in the '80s, everything was up yeah. there, and you could we're do all it. Competing though. with foreigner, yeah. So foreigner, I yeah. Love next it. thing you know, we're all up in the whisper. stratosphere. Yeah, but so, you could hit those notes. Uh, yeah, it, it was something. Yeah, it was doable. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily healthy. Not sustainable. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like taking all that on the road now, it's sometimes I have to drop a key here and there. Now, mm-hmm. I'm going to say this no. is it. Now, Dana, I'm going okay. out on a limb because Go on a limb. I might be confusing these. No. Was it about dad had always went to the hospital with a heart attack? Yeah, yeah, okay. that was. And it, you were putting mm-hmm. together the song and then you sort of, that song wrote itself where you go, "It's this is where it's headed. This is. Yeah, well, the intro that I use in concert, okay, okay. is that. Um, when Mike and that was the second song that Michael and I wrote together, Michael McDonald, Dana. <laughs> what? Are, yeah, he's good. He's no, Michael he's Jackson because I knew you were thinking Michael. Yeah, I was thinking Michael Jackson. <laughs> and, Michael McDonald's another unreal. Yeah, singer. Go ahead. And um, the first one we wrote together was "What a Fool Believes." Oof. And then we waited about at least a That's... year before we wrote a second song because the, the fool won a Grammy and it was oh, like, it's, oh, it's too, it's you know, too hard to follow. Most people with intelligence would go, well, we should write 12 more songs. Yeah. But we were intimidated That's... by the success of the songs. So we kind of who, who avoided that? each other. Did you produce it together? Um, what a fool believes because no, it goes that so, was Teddy Templeman. So the, elemental do, and almost cartoony <laughs> in that hook. And do, 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 like, it's, yeah. Are there any words? It's or like, I've never go? heard a hook like that. Those are the original words, Michael. <laughs> those oh, really? Just, just to make it like something words. and then you fill it in? Yeah. Did you say you walked in and he was playing the beginning of that? Yeah. it was. I was standing outside his living room. The door was ajar and, mm-hmm. and I was hearing, dun, 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 and he sang the whole verse and stopped. And my imagination kept going to the she da 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 da. Oh, that's it. Work with so knock on the door and say, and then I you think c- I know the next part of that song. That's amazing. Yeah, that's you walked so right in and started doing it without even yeah. But you matched it. Like that opening is so brilliant. It, it all, you always need that other thing, and you got it. Yeah, the release, the B section. Release the beast, and then it goes. B, B sections don't exist anymore. Have you noticed that in the, pop the, radio? The Beatles called them middle eights. Is that what they are? Kind well, of? in Na- that's a Nashville thing, middle oh. eight. Okay. Yeah. And the B section eight is just bars. going someplace else for eight bars. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, that's the thing you were talking about, Lennon and McCartney. That yeah. answer to that question upstairs yes. was that I think McCartney brought the bridge to a lot of the songs where John would come in with a verse mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. And then you'll notice in the bridge, the bridge gets a little more chordy, a little more intellectual mm-hmm. and moves into a 
a different kind of vibe. And then it comes, the classic example of that is day in life. I woke up, got out a bit, grabbed the comb yeah, across, was yeah. a piece of, that was a McCartney melody. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we, we, we uh, what's the word? Diverge. Well, well, well no, no, because that, you that were was... a part of a duo, incredibly successful duo, mm-hmm. which not important, but I saw it in 1977 or 78. I think it was Stanford University. It was like oh, a, yeah, a grass mean. green thing. Mm-hmm. We were all huge fans. So just just delve into that a little bit, how you, you hooked up with Jim Messina. Yeah, that was, I was looking for a producer. I wanted to be a solo artist. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I heard that Jimmy was producing acts. And what he'd done is he'd left Poco which was a band mm-hmm. he'd started to be, be a producer for Columbia Poco. Records. Dennis Miller's favorite band. Back in Poco. What do you mean? Steppenwolf wasn't available or something? Poco <laughs> in there? Okay. Anyway, he, uh, sorry. He's our favorite, to, one of our favorites to do. But so you met Jim, Jimmy, James, and- um, it Oh, just yeah. So I went over to his house mm-hmm. um, and I sang- you know, a bunch of songs that I had. A lot of the songs that I played for. Oh, no. Oh, no. Poco, No, I didn't Poco play. Poco was played big. Actually, uh, uh, the Dirt Band. Mm-hmm. And um, and in the process, you know, we, we talked about working together, but I, I found out when I was writing the book that Jimmy said in his interview, he wasn't that blown away. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he didn't want to do a folk act, and he saw me as a folk act. Is that what, was that based on Danny's song or something? Or Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's just one, but you also got, yeah. you rocked it on as you, as you continued, right? Yeah. Was that, that was a conscious choice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and collaboration helps with that, you know, yeah. writing with Steer writers you. who already write in a particular style. Yeah. But what turned him? When did he kind of go, I'm going to work with you? Just called the next day? Well, or? no, Clive called him and said- Clive Davis. Clive, Clive Davis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, not all. I've met, he was an impressive guy. Clive Wilkins? It's very yeah, smart. Right. Yeah. No, Clive, Clive Owens. Clive Owens? Okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Clive <laughs> for 10, Bob. <laughs> Kenny Loggins has the board. Um, okay, so so then he, he changes his mind. Yeah, well, Clive calls him and says, you know, you've been on salary for a year and you haven't done anything yet. So yeah. maybe you should pick one of these artists. And Clive had sent him Andy Williams and- uh, acts of that ilk mm-hmm. and that Slow was definitely pokes. not in his there was one act that he would have probably uh, produced instead of me and that was Dan Fogelberg oh, I but remember Fogelberg him. made yeah. one big mistake and he said I want to do an act just like Poco and Jimmy was like no uh, I don't want to do that but again wait a so Jim, Jim Messina is in a room he's got an Andy Williams 8x10 <laughs> and a Kenny Loggins 8x10 I'm not sure well, <laughs> let's go with the one, long hair guy one's the future you know Andy Williams had a great run but Andy Williams him. incredible it, voice uh, nothing against Andy Williams and his family but and what's fans. more exciting you know get but, a guy or Claudine or Claudine <laughs> that's his wife or what don't you remember that Claudine Langer that was the oh, invitational oh, ski oh, thing God. that the oh, SNL yeah. did yeah that's a Dennis Dana's new was that let's a Dennis go hit the slopes there's something he would do a bit about <laughs> That guy's Jesus. got an AK-47 going down the bunny hill. I'm going backtracking to Danny's song. We can song bounce around. And don't, it, it'll yeah. be easy. There's um, Eddie's song, too. Yeah, my big brother like, had ADD, so I can keep up with you. I do, too. Oh, there's a butterfly. I got to tie my shoe. What'd you say? So <laughs> this is Danny's song is about your brother. But it was similar that my brother, uh, Andy, my older brother, is very cool. And I went to high school with him, but he was always embarrassed to me. It sounded like you said something like that. 
where you were a little younger and he yeah. told me I dressed uncool and he would always go, don't, they don't want people, want you guys at the party. And I go, it's a party for freshmen. He's like, I know, but they don't want you there. And I go, I'm a freshman. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what you need is, is somebody who always thinks you're an idiot. Yeah. To help you. <laughs> but maybe, <laughs> help you I had grow. three of them that thought I was an maybe idiot. Maybe that beating is, you know, uh, Dana is from, uh, his dad's from Montana. I think your dad might be from Montana. That explains and, a lot. And it was a tough, it was a, his dad was very tough on him. He's like an old school dad. Mm -hmm. He added in for me. And uh, wow. I don't know if you uh, had that similar situation. Just just old school tough, I'd say that, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, my dad was tough till he left. <laughs> um, and then he ran uh, off with yeah, my ran mom. Off. Have you considered therapy at all? Fuck up your career. My favorite subject. <laughs> no, I got into therapy five years ago and I, I, I should have got it at age 30. I learned a lot, but you yeah. might not have been who you were. Well, how would you, just generally for you, because I did read your book. But I thought you were going to say, how would you describe me? How would you, yeah, enough about me. What do you think of me? What do you think How of would me? you describe your childhood? Just a normal, kind of weird, really fun, uh, you know, or See, all the only one I knew of. <laughs> yeah, right. How do I put this? Yeah. It did but say. I was the third of three boys, youngest. I was the fourth here, and here. I was the youngest. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and my the middle brother, Dan, was mm -hmm. kind of the outsider. He was kind of the James Dean of the, the family. Rebel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I tried to be like him. Mm -hmm. You've had one of those, yeah. I think. And and it wasn't very easy to do because none of his clothes fit. Can't live up to him. Yeah. So you're trying to wear hand-me-downs? I even tried to you know, wear some hand-me-downs because they were cool, right? Yeah, he was cool. Whatever he wore was cool. Yeah. It didn't look the same on me. Such, such an illusion. Mm -hmm. And um, But that's what I was referring to in the back yeah. of the book. Mm -hmm. Was that in the process of trying to be like my brother, I realized, thanks to him, that everything about me was uncool and really stupid. So <laughs> you have to work at changing those things to become not so stupid and to try to be cool. Yeah. And so there's a process of creating a persona that, mm -hmm. that I carried into rock and roll because I thought if I'm going to be on a camera, if I'm going to be out in front of people, right. I better fix those things that don't seem to be working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got, you got pretty cool though. You... Uh, obviously um, at some point you realize, I, I don't know how you were in high school. I saw your high school senior, you know, but you, you became kind of movie star, good looking, yeah. right? And weren't you almost in a star is born or is that oh, just that's, a rumor? That's a, that's crazy. a rumor. That's, that's a, rumor. a rumor. Yeah. Did that, you ever hold hands with Barbara Streisand? <laughs> <laughs> no. I want to no, hold We sang girl. together though, which was yeah. pretty cool. And um, no, at one point she said, have you ever acted? Would you have any aspirations for acting? And I said, no. And that was that. It wasn't my thing. And that was that. So and that was my audition. I would say well, you were where, where did your, you know, I, I'm fascinated by drive. And where did, where did you think yours came from? And when did you realize that you had it? You know, like you're willing to go through a lot of pain and keep writing songs and just the yeah. drive to get to where you got. When did you, were you like that and had to win at games as a kid and stuff like that? I was all, always competitive yeah. in sports, but not at school. Mm -hmm. the school was sort of a side thing. For me, but you know, I think I think the drive came because I knew that I had some talent. I didn't know how good I was, but I knew right. I could pull up. You know, I could go to a party and sing songs, and there'd be people listening. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I didn't know mm -hmm. how far it could take me. But I knew that rock and roll is a high turnover business, and sooner or later, I'm going to get a shot at it, mm -hmm. and I better be good because I want to hang out there for a while. Yeah. 
And then one thing just led to another. I think the motivation when I got married and had kids was, you know, I got to bring in some money here. I got to support this family. And so I just Mm -hmm. kept pushing, kept writing, kept recording. It's a tough life. Did you have bands in the 70s that were your peers? You'd listen to their album or watch more they got? Yeah, who did you- You know, like James Taylor's got something. I want to beat that. Or just even as friends, did you you have sort of- Seeger, anyone? Well, I, I think there is that- that friendly competition that yeah, happens. It's still friendly. With with other players, like other guitar players and sure. stuff. They they take their guitar to school. We'd sit around and trade tunes. And that's where you learn things, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're w- working with your friends, it's mm-hmm. friendly enough that there's a, there's a one-upsmanship that usually happens, but also that you're paying attention to what they're doing because if somebody does something right. really good, you're going to go, God, I got to remember that. When, Makes you better. Or show me how you played that or... I remember the first time I was, I think I'd smoked marijuana. I was with a band in Tahoe. I think you still do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I, well, we, we tried at the ranch and the house vibrated. Uh, we took an edible, my wife and I, only because we wanted to test drive it for her mother. Her, for her, her mother, of course. Yeah. You know, it was Irish. And I'm not Who, really sleeping practicing well. practicing for the police? No, we did, well, but we, then we didn't give it to her because the whole, the whole house was going like this, you know. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that really. story. You didn't Glad know that story? Yeah, 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 we just took a teeny bit. I didn't know. And mm-hmm. then we were watching The Godfather at Cottonmouth. And then I woke up mm-hmm. at 2 a.m. Knock you out. And then the room was vibrating. It was, it, I, I, I could like barely it. walk. I said, what? Yeah. It sounds so. like you took Indica. Jeez. Oh, oh well, yeah, this your, guy. Do you have a brand that, that you sell? You have the no, Kenny Loggins? No, I don't. Dude, I went in. I was thinking about, I was thinking Good Poo would make a good name for a brand. Good Poo. <laughs> yeah, I went into the, the stoner that... store and the guy's like, uh, hey, and the, you know, I'm like, I need a hey, weed pen. You here, man? And he goes, I go, my neck's always screwed up. He goes, hey. I go, which one? He goes, which one of these 600 do you like? I go, man, that's where you come in. I don't know. And then the owner comes out. He goes, hey, Spade, you know, Jimmy, let's get him some fentanyl crab cakes. And uh, you know what? Why don't you have some PCP candy corns? I'm like, no, 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 I'm okay. I, I'm well, actually I'm actually just a new guy. This <laughs> <laughs> one, a weed pen, like a little Z-Quill. I just want knockout. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I have another question for Kenny. It's more of a statement, which okay. they all will be, and you don't have to talk. This will, this um, we're, we're starting the park podcast pretty soon okay let me know when we're on <laughs> yeah, this is just, we call this the precursor yeah, this I, when i press this button we're the on. first hour go ahead david no this might be a lie but kenny um i think i remember we did a corporate gig is it possible yeah it's do you possible. remember hmm. mci i was doing 1-800 clack commercials beep boop bop beep boop remember that on the payphone boop, boop, during snl uh-huh. and i was i was sent to part of my gig my deal was to go to saint thomas and do a show, and I did stand up at the the pool. real St. Thomas or somewhere. I don't else? know. It was an island. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's an island, right? Uh, the I There's went a down there too, as far as I know. <laughs> and then I think it was you was uh, was the headliner, and I was just doing. But I did around a pool, which was a tough situation. They're scattered all around the pool. They didn't even cover it up. So I'm like on the diving board and they're around here. Anyway, no, I do that. Yeah. And then so I So you're think, doing stand-up on the yes, diving board? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> That's really? dangerous. They were, they were working <laughs> on a chart to see which way I could bomb the most. And they're like, I think the best way for him to not <laughs> right. do well is to put him on the diving board and he can That balance. keeps all the people apart. Yeah, and they're like you Nadia Comedy. I did a corporate in a hot tub and I was fully clothed. They said, get in the hot tub. <laughs> and there's like five CEOs. Five, I'm like, what's up? Five high rollers in there. Yeah, and they're, they're naked. I have a suit on. Yeah. Yeah. They so, took an edible on the whole hot tub. Right. No, anyway. I yes. think Kenny was a headliner because I I swear this is true, but you wouldn't remember, but we, we you know, a couple of us got to come back and say hi to you. Uh, but you were, it's not really a big story. It just, 
that it was you and you were coming on, but you obviously crushed and, uh, and I think I got to meet you and I think it was fun. How could I ever forget that? How could you forget? Check your diary. Um, another <laughs> thing, my buddy, this guy that I did on the road had a, the greatest Footloose parody. Oh, we haven't talked about Footloose yet. Well, Do you remember Footloose, the song? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh, yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there. You have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water and <laughs> mow, and they'll do the rest. No. Weed control, which you hate. Fertilization. Mm -hmm. aer aeration. Can't stand it. Among others. They'll do all that. So you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true. Right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want to focus on. All the hard work and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. This, <laughs> I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm -hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to truegreen.com you do you let true green do your lawn care visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed you can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the pga tour whoa they offer a satisfaction guaranteed and they have a verified best price promise which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality that is such a cool thing good job true green you're nailing it well, basically, like you said in your book, you you had all these albums and all these hits, and then let's you went solo before yeah. you. Then all there's all these soundtracks that blew up and are still iconic. But yeah, you how, how you, you and Jim, you're still friends now, mm -hmm. Jimmy Messina. We're doing a gig Thursday and another one Saturday. So I like know, like I, I said, you're go. really good friends. <laughs> and, uh, we were going to wail on you for comps, man. I can't, I'm going on the it's road. That's the only reason I'm here. I know, <laughs> well, I want to go because it's going to be so fucking I'm huge. a kick-a-day drummer. And I just wanted to be able to sit in on it. Do, do you guys. still have your book for <laughs> your snare drum? No, oh, I yeah. graduated. No, I just, I just drum in my head all the time. The guitar players play tennis rackets. He played with you too. I'm always drumming. Sounds. Uh, I play with you two live from satellite. <laughs> I'm oh, yeah, pressing live from satellite. Is Dennis done. Miller here? By the way, can we bring him in? Poco. Christ sakes, he's doing the whole uh, beatbox thing with his mouth, huh? To the <laughs> master of rhythm, Kenny. I have. Has anyone ever called you Kenny G? <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. So you you leave Jim until now. That was um, a big confidence. Gilbert boost. Godfrey didn't know who I was. And I was Is on that show. true? He didn't. Is that true? <laughs> well, it was just a moment where he had to be reminded. Let me, you look familiar. 
<laughs> I would. <laughs> so I'm sorry, <laughs> but God rest his soul. Yeah, mm. it was great. Okay, so, so let's guy. go through some of these. Uh, well, one of the hits, don't fight it. I, I just had questions because it was Steve Perry, and I don't. I, I remember that when I read it, and then I listened to it again. Of course, I, I know that song, and it's sort of you know like whenever I call you friend. It's you and Stevie Nicks, which is mm -hmm. huge. One, by the way, one of the greatest intros of all time. Oh, thank you. I just heard it again. And I go, this is what I love. You're screwing around at the beginning. And I think people get too perfect these days in songs. And they go, oh, we had a glitch. Let's redo it again. And you go, no, it's funny to hear people talk in the background or do something odd because mm -hmm. that's what you remember it and how you memorize it. And I think the imperfections are really fun. And that was on purpose, obviously. Which imperfection? What you, you did at the beginning, just screwing yeah. around before and we had the song recorded, and then Bob James was producing it with me, and Bob says we need an intro to this, and I said it's, well, I'll just go out to the mic and you know just was that just something. you? <laughs> yeah, that oh. thing. You remember that day at the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah, it's totally. So yeah, I love cool. anything just, like that. Yeah, I was raised on the Beach Boys, and that whole counterpoint thing yep. was part of my brain. Genius. We well, just kind of are. just weave these things together. It's smart. And, and when we talked to McCartney, it was like, when do you know when it's done? Like, because, you know, the Beatles, they would, they would put another layer in another layer and they finally go, that's enough. Yeah. But you go, when is enough? Because it feels perfect. Like so much going on, especially a day in the life. There's, yeah. it has change ups and different things. And that's why I know I can never write a song. It's too complicated. Well, you just keep plonking, you know, you're plonking. <laughs> John and I would face each other with the guitars. Mm -hmm. It's like looking in a mirror. And we just keep plonking away. Then we came up with Strawberry Fields, didn't we? Yeah, I love <laughs> the understand. I'm going to ask you a question. As such a great vocalist, because you are, you got the cans on and you're going to sing with Stevie Nicks. Must have been cool to hear your, your sing with her. The, must have been the a, blend, yeah. Yeah, must have been a thrill, right? Yeah. Because she has such a unique kind of tone. You know, we, we didn't perceive ourselves the way you're describing not mm -hmm. we were just working mm -hmm. you yeah. know what i mean it, it wasn't stevie Nicks. it right. was just stevie oh what year was it like 70s so they were uh, uh, or early no 80s? no it was uh late late 70s yeah late 70s so she wasn't quite yeah yeah because yeah. as long as i'm seeing it broke up in 76 and so it was probably 78 and it is when songs are become remembered and stick out decades later they it just grows bigger i mean it's yeah just, there's well, it gets legendary, you know, working with old old comedians or old actors in old movies and people go, what was it like on this and this? And you go, wow, because in the yeah. beginning of the morning, you get up, you look at your lines, you go, let's get out there and you do it. And you, you're, and you're just working. Yeah. And you go at the end, you go, I think that was all right. And then later, if it works, it works. I did a thing with, uh, I did a, a, a show for Coca-Cola's 100th birthday mm -hmm. with um, George Burns. Oh, yeah. and he was 90 at the time and at the end of the show I said in front of the audience I said George this was so much fun let's get together and do it again when you turn 100 and <laughs> he takes a cigar out of his mouth he says well you look like you're in good shape you might make it <laughs> <laughs> he ran into John Lovitz when he was like I guess 98 and he goes I got 18 months <laughs> what he's, he's got 18 months he left. says i got 18 months to live. to live yeah he just kind of rounded it off you know but it was an incredible life do you remember the norm yeah. mcdonald joke on update when he goes george burns today died at 100 which proves once again smoking kills <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those guys had double martinis and highballs oh, yeah. and cigars and just went on forever yeah but are when you're Recording like that with someone like Steve, are you hard on yourself or are you kind of like, I think I got it or do you want another take 
do you you feel you when you nailed it, you know it? Yeah, when you're in the zone, you you can feel the it. Danger zone? Do you feel bad if you? <laughs> oh, that's perfect segue. <laughs> and we're not going to take it. Do you feel bad when you, you have Stevie Nicks in there and you go? Close, <laughs> going again. Stevie Stevie did say in a number of interviews that I was the rough taskmaster. Oh, we wow. Had, I only had that one shot to get that vocal because mm -hmm. Fleetwood was passing through and we recorded it in New York. Oh, and you got and like so we had one session. One night. How does so, Kenny wow. Loggins become a taskmaster? You're like, Stevie, what are you doing? I mean, what do you say? No, just, let's do it again. Let's, oh, let's just go again. again. Go again. Or, the, or the, like in the movies, when you do a take, they go, perfect, going again. <laughs> you go, yeah. Well, I, I, loved it it. Perfect, I loved it. I loved it. You again. guys are great. We're just going to go. Well, one. Stevie, it would be hard. Now you know, doubling. I guess you weren't intimidated back then like everyone would be today with her. Just She's also just a stunner, like in real life. I mean, there's so many, you're super talented, but- do you, you come in, you got to agree. I think you agree. Okay. <laughs> so she's she's a uh, talented girl. She comes in with a great voice. It matches up. Mm -hmm. And then you just cross your fingers and go, I hope this fits in the song because I don't want to waste her time. I don't waste her time. You know, you just yeah, cross your we, fingers, we, I guess. We didn't know um, much about what we were going to do. We had mm -hmm. to make it up as we went along. Mm -hmm. in the, the song studio. done? And in you the just studio? Told yeah. you, just, you had to write in the we studio? Had, because the vocals were crossing parts where- mm -hmm. Where it would be too high for her, or it'd be too oh. too high for me, and so we'd have to switch parts. So sometimes she's on the melody, and sometimes yeah. I'm on the melody. And it, we had a harmony where the first two lines, I'm her harm, I'm harmonizing to her melody on yeah. the chorus, and then I switch over to melody, and she t goes up above and does the harmony. I'm, I'm in awe of people who can harmonize. It seems like the toughest thing to hold a harmony. You know, all the I, way I through. think it's you know just... I, my big brother again, Danny, what mm -hmm. got me into music and singing when I was little. Mm -hmm. And so he had me learn all the harmony parts. And when I met Olivia Newton-John, she said, yeah, her big sister was the same way. Her big sister was the one who had all the melodies and she had to pull, sing all the harmonies. Unbelievable. Damn, so you really started young. Yeah, you, you do. Well, you like the Beach Boys too, and they were all harmonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was all about that. When you have, we have someone like Stevie Nicks or someone else, let's say Steve Perry in there, um, you're doing a song. Do, do they ever say, I want that line? No. I've had that. Yeah. I've had that in So where someone wants to take your punchline? Yeah. Yeah. Not it's, good. It's very weird. Yeah. And, uh, wanted to take your I'll line. tell you later. <laughs> get lost. Uh, you know him. Uh, so uh, it is tough, but I guess it's whoever's doing it. Like when we were doing Grown Ups, applause. Um, yeah, thank you. We were, you know, million. there's five comedians there. So this, this isn't the example I'm talking about, but Adam was pretty cool about, you know, you have five comedians. And when you're, the scene is the scene and we all have a joke, but we're all obviously capable of coming up with more jokes. So on every take, Adam will go, Spade, do whatever you want in this one. And then rock, and then I'll come in, we'll huddle up after a take and might say, what about this line? And Adam will go, you know what, uh, rock, you say that. And then uh, we'll say, I go, Adam, what? and he'll kick him around. So he was producing. He was producing, he's a producer. And then, and yeah. you have to have a boss and we have to go, okay, whatever Adam says. Now you do them all. Right. And then when the movie comes out, he was pretty fair. You could have made that the Spade movie because every scene I had a funny you had line. A, you had a line. But he goes, Rock's funny in that one. He's already had one. Give it to Kevin James here. He had a great line in that one. And I think even it out and doesn't hog them all for himself. He could have been every joke because mm -hmm. every time we, you know, everyone have something. Yeah. Uh, but I think but, that's I mean, good. Producing. How do you, 
is that intimidating for you? It it, it was when you're hard with you know other four or five other yeah, great I think they comedians. Make you get funnier, but right? it's work. It's the same thing. <laughs> if, working if there's it. a chemistry, yeah, if there's a chemistry. You get well. Saturday Night Live definitely made me go from being a not really good writer, or maybe just a decent writer for my own standup. Mm. But Lauren said, "I like that writing. We want it in here." And then I, you know, can you write for Dana, Mike Myers, whoever? Mm -hmm. And that was harder to write for other people, but it, it would make, seem liberating to it me. Makes it you better. Like just imagine anybody doing well, that. Well, it's a style that I can write for myself, and then I'd give it to someone. They go, uh, "I think you can do it better," or "I think that's more your thing," mm -hmm. which is a polite mm -hmm. way of saying. Or how it's would not you good. do this? Yeah, or yeah. you know, I don't want to give line readings, but I go oh, this, and I wind up. I wasn't as good writing for other people, but I think it made me better to go to a read through and watch good writing and mm -hmm. watch people write. And you, like you're saying, yeah. you get around good people. It's, it's the key. To it success. should be like in, in, I did a, um, Oh, it's good memory moment. Uh, documentary. Hopefully uh. you edit this. <laughs> the wine ins, I did a wine inch TV show, mm -hmm. wine and family. Okay. And they did a moment where, um, I think Michael was on McDonald was on the show with me mm -hmm. and about six or seven really strong lead singers, and each one of us had a solo line that we would that we would take, and then they would point. You take the solo. Oh wow! Line. We're uh -huh. singing the song, learning yeah. the song, and then jamming on what the solo line was. And we are the world. You did. As we well. are the world. Was like that. <laughs> did yeah. we are the world? You asked for a different one. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have four lines? I want Cindy's line. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the no, world. She goes, oh, oh, like it. Yeah. Did you go? Did someone go? Hey, hey Cindy, on this take, ham it down. <laughs> yeah, but right. Is it you're trying? It looks like it's trying it, to get it feels, go to the you YouTube the competition. Go to the YouTube moment where uh, <laughs> they're trying to get Cindy's line over and over again, and and look in the back on the <laughs> stairs is Steve Perry, and he's making the funniest faces. It's like uh, oh, he's clowning a little she, bit. Well, not clowning especially. I think he's just grimacing because there were moments where. You know, okay. she would kind of miss yeah, the note. Need a little help. Well, was that a long, that was, must have been a long shoot, I heard, right? Oh, it went a long time. Yeah. Not just Cindy, I mean the whole thing. Everybody, yeah. Just, yeah. Who just was started. a real dick? <laughs> Did anyone say- We want a trend. <laughs> they right. go, Spade needs a hard out in an hour. And everyone's like, what? Yeah, I'm what? You're right. But, uh, does anybody want to get out? I'm sure everyone wanted to get out of there. Dylan but. didn't want to do anything live <sighs> with, the, with the people because he, he has his own thing and he doesn't want to have to sing in the group. So they brought him in separately to- he sort of rocked lines. and swayed yeah. uh, to the song a little bit, but they didn't. He didn't really sing along with it. Didn't they, they show him in a wide well, shot? He's just not that kind of singer. He's Dylan. Sure. He's, you know. he's just Bob Dylan. So did, did you hear about um, Aerosmith? What's his name? Steve. Steve. Steve Tyler. Tyler. Yeah. When he sang the national anthem, did you see that? Mm. Was it recently? And and uh, a couple oh, okay. years ago, I think. And um, and he sings. Land on the prey. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he gets all this criticism, and he says, "What do you expect?" I'm Stephen yeah, Tyler. Exactly. That's, how I'd That's me. Yeah. yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Why would yeah. you ask me if you didn't expect me to do that? I love because that early Bono was on "We Are the World." Uh, he sounded cool from you two, and uh, Mike Jackson. Was he was on. Bono was in there. He was. Wasn't he? Wasn't he? Okay, we got to Google this because I don't somebody think so. just because Maybe I've been lying so much in this podcast. I can't, <laughs> Interesting. I can't afford one more. Um, I hope I'm not bugging you. I didn't no, mean to bug you. I like Michael. <laughs> I did a Michael Jackson video once. I think I told you Dana, and uh, he cut me out of it. Anyway, I sore knew subject. Michael Jackson in 1975. I was a busboy waiter bringing him his carrot sticks before the show <laughs> for a week. I knew all the family: Tito, Marlon, everybody. And Tito. I'm, 
Tito. Tito. And Michael was um, charming and I brought him carrots and Janet was 10 and she was dumping them down the bed. I said, please don't do that, Janet. She goes, Miss Jackson, if you please. That's if you're nasty. Joke. That's the joke part. Oh. I wanted to get into something we talked about earlier. <laughs> Is when you collaborate, you said that you're in a room collaborating and at the end of the day, no one really remembers who came up with what. Oh, right. Yeah. And you collaborate, your big collaborators, like Michael McDonald, was he like your favorite? You did like seven songs with him or something? Yeah, I guess five, yeah. maybe. But you guys kind of went back and forth, but that's kind of- Do you remember Michael McDonald? That's interesting that people don't yeah. know. Okay, we're going to start with the basics. Like when yeah. I came up with the Hollywood Minute for, for David- <laughs> He's obviously being facetious. Um, I said, David, this is <laughs> so you. You should <laughs> You should this. do this. This is you. And he actually, does a great Bob, job with it. He Bob, did great you know, with it. I thought it was generous of you. Bob Odenkirk actually helped me with Robert that. Odenkirk he from he Better Call Saul. He helped me come up with that. So what? I'll ask you these two questions. What was your- it's probably don't have it. Your favorite collaboration or the collaboration that was better than you dreamed it would ever be um, turned out better mm. or someone who you enjoyed collaborating with, you you sought them out. Miss Piggy. Was did you do that? Oh, you point. did. Oh yeah, you were a I big- uh, one of those things, yeah. Yeah. But no, <laughs> the collab, but I didn't write with her. You didn't write with her. <laughs> yeah. She Frank does, Sinatra, did you ever sing know, with Frank Sinatra? You know, um, I've, I've always opted for the- um, Fred Astaire answer to that question, what which is, is that? that he he refused to ever say which was his favorite. Sure, right. I get all it. my children Dancing are my favorite. I have, I have a good yeah. question yeah. for this guy. Um, okay, Steve, Kenny Steve Perry. Uh, mm-hmm. Pipes. What, Perry. The answer well, is just yes. To, just to clear <laughs> to clear the air because you're in the business. Kenny Loggins has the board. <laughs> Everyone loves Steve Perry. Everyone mm-hmm. loves Journey, and they. They went on without him. I don't know if it's a money thing or whatever, but everyone sort of was hoping he would come back and do it mm. with them. Mm. Was I, it his voice? Do you know I the have answer? An answer? Okay. Because our someone we know, our business manager, used to work with a lot of these acts. Mm-hmm. And so you had, I think it was the Commodores, but Lionel Richie wrote the song, so he had the publishing. So like he's got, he's going like, I think I'll go over here. He's got all the money. So apparently Steve Perry had all the publishing. And so he didn't want to tour anymore. Once you get a lot of money, you might want to tour a little bit, but not mm-hmm. a, th- a three-year sure. tour. So that was what I was told three was a driving, tour. a three-hour tour. Sorry, you were, sorry, <laughs> it was going. But when you got, when did you, what was your highest net worth? <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. what? <laughs> when you were, Steve Perry, what happened? Why Steve did he Perry, he because he, he didn't want to go on the road like that. I, I, I really don't know. Okay. don't know. I don't know. I know that he had, Personal issues. His mother died at the time, mm-hmm. and okay. that that kind of pulled him out of the band. Took and then, well, what was turn. Steve per- Perry's net worth? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, okay, we'll we have do to some get... googling after the show. <laughs> okay. My dad works in B two B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be to be. 
Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought I want to learn a new language. You know what? I I do have a because uh, I'm a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of of a French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Mot Arabic. Fight will shoot to me. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hastu zweister now abra. No, hastu bruder now. Nine abra cabra zweister. That means, have. do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm -hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly on the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm -hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Uh, obviously, Caddyshack was the first big sound. I think the first big soundtrack song. Yeah, did, I'm all right. Which is impossible to get yeah. three. You have three that I know of. Uh, yeah. Three, at least I know of. Um, but Caddyshack, four. Caddyshack, you don't, uh, like you said, you don't meet, you don't go on the set. People think you're hanging out and singing with the, with the cast. It, right. it happens later, right? Yeah. And they yeah. tell you what? Here's the movie. Do you see it first? Or here's well, the yeah, feel I saw, of the movie. I saw a screening. It didn't have an ending, and it didn't have a gopher when I saw the screening. Wow! Yeah, the gopher wow. dancing to it. The was dancing gopher, funny. right? And, and everybody loves the gopher, but yeah. when 
John Peters made the movie and John said, okay, so this next part, man, this is where we have a gopher come out of a golf hole and dance. It's a hand puppet. And I went, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to make that worse. It sounds horrible. I was so wrong. I mean, it does sound horrible. If you came up with that, they'd throw it out, right? Yeah. Let's do a, well, how about a puppet over here then? And Bill Murray's going to talk to (laughs) the puppet. Yeah. I have Lamb Chop with me. Right. Lamb Chop was a star. When you bring Lamb Chop in, I understand. <laughs> he made the big oh, money. So you bring Lewis some nobody Chop, squirrel. You should part. check his net worth. Big so, part. So this, yeah, net worth. So uh, you you write 000. it to the you write it to the uh, imaginary. You just, you just you know, wrote the song got, and they adapted. Yeah, it, right? I wrote I wrote a couple of songs for that. The opening the opening song where Danny, the lead character, is riding his bicycle through suburbia, mm-hmm. and um, and the temp music, temporary music that they had for that spot was a Bob Dylan song, and I thought this is really strange. Why would they be playing a Bob Dylan song, showing mm-hmm. a kid riding his bicycle? Mm-hmm. That nothing is happening here, mm-hmm. and and then I I figured. That, you know, Dylan is like the ultimate rebel. So why is that going on? What are they trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, you see Danny changes his his character from wanting to be a part of the country club to wanting to go his own way. Mm-hmm. So he does become the rebel. So that's where I'm all right. Nobody worry about me came from. Wow. I didn't even put that together. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And, so uh, just you know, they had no ending out. though. And so you were talking about giving a line away. Yeah. They just, they brought Rodney back out onto the golf course. Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, get no respect. And it's and they said, give us an ending. And this was uh, um, who 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 wrote that? Um, you would know that. Who wrote Caddyshack? Yeah. The, was it Harold uh, Ramis? Harold Ramis. Yeah, or Ramis. Dan Aykroyd. It was Ramis. Yeah. Okay. And the great writing and a lot of improvising. Yeah. And. Yeah. And so Rodney just goes out and goes, hey, we're all going to get laid. Great writing. That was the mic drop. <laughs> Great. It works. And then everyone starts dancing and they dance. I'm all right, is it? Uh, I guess. Yeah. yeah that worked. Yeah. Okay. So that one. <clears throat> that one obviously was Obviously a hit. You've got. Um, oh, Top Gun is huge. We you had Heart to Heart, obviously. Heart to Heart. This I love. It. I heard it this morning. Heart to Heart. Another with Michael McDonald or. Yeah. Yeah. It was. That's another Michael and David Foster. No. Remember that? Yeah, I've met David Foster a few yeah. times. Yeah, he's, he's great writer. He's great, right? Yeah. My, David and I wrote the chorus in New York. Mm. And then when we had that chorus in the bag, I said, I want to hold the rest of the song for Michael because it uh, feels like a Mike McDonald yeah, song to me. And he was so, on piano and you were on guitar when you wrote the chorus? or David David was, yeah, and, on, on, on yeah, grand were, piano. Were you playing an instrument then, or just like guiding him? Usually I don't pick up a guitar yeah. unless I need to find an idea. So yeah. But yeah. because you know the chordal thing, the whole piano thing is so much more fluid. Yeah. Chordally places. So when you collaborate and they're playing, you're you're going that, that. Yeah. How about over oh, here? No, no, not that one. The, this it. one. Put yeah. that in the yeah. bass. Yeah. You know? And so then I went to Encino to Michael's house and I played the chorus for him and I said, let's write a verse. And so he just said do 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 he came up with that in about five minutes. He said, that's it. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> and did you, you wow. I think you said in the book, you, uh, you, you had David Foster and you had him and you, you had to pick. You know, we went in, we went into the studio and because I'd promised that I would never record a song I wrote with Michael without Michael on the piano, because mm-hmm. he's a unique player. Um, we put David in one room on the uh, grand piano and Michael was in the main huh. room on the Fender Rhodes. 
So Michael would play the verses, okay. and then he would lay out, and David would ah. jump in on the choruses. And so. is Michael, when you say unique style, is it, is it kind of rudimentary intentionally? Or or how would you describe how Because it is sort of, it's rhythmic. You mean the way he plays? The way he plays piano. Michael plays with his, his hands apart, and, and his bass line is moving all the time. And David plays like thumb to thumb. So he be, there's these big clustery chords that are real lush and more R&B kind of vibe. Oh, yeah, so like there's that. a wider range in the chords. It's just Michael. a different style. Yeah, different, Michael's more like that sound. stride gospel style. Okay. So what about Footloose? How, how'd you come up with that? Did I skip one? I he mean, skipped Footloose Top Gun. Foot, no, but Footloose is before Top Gun or they're yeah, right around no, Footloose time. is before Top okay, Gun. Okay, Dave. That was uh, a friend of mine, <laughs> Dean Pitchford, wrote the screenplay. Yeah. And he asked if he could write some songs with me to make sure that he got the deal with Paramount to also be a songwriter because mm -hmm. they only saw him as a screenwriter. Ah. So... As a favor to Dean, we wrote a couple of songs, one of which was Footloose, one of which was I'm Free. Mm -hmm. And um, and it turned out to be a favor to me. And you, mm -hmm. at that point, had transitioned into electric and you were into the Fender? Because you have that dong, ding, dong, ding, dong, yeah. ding, dong. Yeah, that, that, that kind of started. Well, I, I came up with that idea backstage, so it was sort of warming up on that. But oh. that dong, ding, dong, I, I wrote it on acoustic guitar but i knew that it was going to be a electric yeah. guitar part and do you it's think, like a duane eddie do you think kind of kevin bank bacon's danced to it well or how'd you feel his dancing was <laughs> i think i think <laughs> i think kevin and all the people that dance to that uh pretty amazing and uh, yeah you know if you look at the video that's not kevin entirely right there's there's the, all the flips well, and the twirls and everything. Well, sure, most, yeah. most of that. Dana, is, Dana's gonna start crying. Dana, <laughs> I don't believe you, Mr. Hoggins. <laughs> Kevin Bacon can dance any way he wants. <laughs> yeah. Should we just touch on SNL for a second? No. What that? No. No, because please, I I want to tell him is the uh, parody of Footloose that he's heard a million. Oh, of. okay. Yeah. But Stand who is the guy? This is the one I heard, and just bear with me, and we'll cut it later. It was been sleeping all night, worked up an appetite. I'm lying. On my head. Like Mom says, get out of bed. I yeah. see the toucan. He says to follow his nose. Run fast as you can. Follow wherever he goes. Because I got to eat loops. Fruit loops. One of well, the four food groups. Funny. Milk, please. Louise, eat the whole box with ease. Funny. <laughs> Heart attack. Need a snack. My vitamins and minerals I lack. I lack. Wow, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, I, don't know I can't believe I, you who, got that. The guy that, that oh, the guy went on before me that and killed. He just put the guitar down and left, and I didn't even go on stage. Fruit I go, loops. I can't follow that shit. Fruit loops. It's got I a good gotta hook. have loops. Fruit <laughs> loops. One of the four food groups. Kick anyway, out your yeah. Okay, like so that's that. a hit, and in was song parodied, uh, and that was a good one. Okay, that so was, Kenneth. Before we <laughs> talk about me, me the Kenster, the log, no. the loginator, the loginator. That's not bad. Log I was going to ask That's you good. just quickly what it meant to you in 1982, if Wikipedia was right, to go on Saturday Night Live as a musical guest. Was it a? It was it. It was, it was very wracking or uh, both. Yes, yeah. it's very exciting. You have you have you hope you're ready, and but because it, it's live, and, right. yeah. and and the sound is really difficult to. Make it right yeah. on. Oh, a TV you must studio. go in there and tweak Thursday and get scared. I had a, my own engineer to be in the room and make sure it approximated the record. Do you remember what song? But I, yeah, had what, a, what I did. A, I did the show a couple times. Oh, you okay. did. Yeah, I had one time was Heart to Heart, and I'm pretty sure I did Footloose. Okay. Oh, okay. How but fun. I did the other one that was way better was Fridays. I think that was called. Fridays, God damn oh, the it! Don't show you that dare! Was our don't nemesis. you dare! For about a year, dare you, Mr. Lawrence? Good day, you. Don't tell Lauren. <laughs> I'm sorry, I turned British first. Now, 
Uh, does it bump the record? That's the idea, right? It bumps the sales. Well, hopefully, yeah. yeah. That it's just to, to keep the record moving up. And also, did, it looks cool. Yeah. But it was a status thing. Yeah, you it know, looks really cool. Doing Saturday Night sure. Live was always a status gig. 100%. And if you, you feel for your, if you look back on it, do you feel like you you did great each time? Or were you coming off going, ah, but did you no, like I you felt, killed it? No, I felt good about it. Good. Yeah. yeah. And did Lauren say anything to you? The Lauren Teddy. Michaels, our boss? I don't think so. Because he'd be very understanding. I think he was busy. Maybe he would levitate loose. the room. He'd say, oh, it's a nice job. I thought it was breathtaking. No, he anyway. um, Okay, well, we touched on SNL. Right, we did it. And, <laughs> That's uh, what the show's about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's too fun to talk about this other stuff. And uh book is obviously still All Right by Kenny Loggins. Uh, but lastly, we'll talk about um, Danger Zone because- uh, it was obviously a danger zone. Yeah, Could I don't you know still what that, sing that in concert? Oh yeah. And how is that an easy one relative because it's kind of raw or, or you don't have to reach for the high notes as much? Well, there are high notes oh, in that. Okay. You know, yeah, but, Dana, but, he's a rookie. So I, how dangerous actually, is the zone? It's just a question. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that down, did you? There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, little bit of country. Yeah, he wrote no, it down. I didn't, that's all not an ad lib. <laughs> I, I let the uh, judge and the jury decide. But um, have you so, heard the song "I've Been to the Fruit Loop Zone"? <laughs> Fruit Loop. Now I'm going to be singing that all day. Fruit loops, loops. Fruit, Fruit loops. loops. So, okay, how did that song come about? You got contacted by Jerry Bruckheimer, or oh, did you record okay, company? So, yeah, that was uh, contacted by Jerry Bruckheimer yeah. um, to see a screening. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a cattle call. They, they did a bunch of screenings <laughs> for a lot of artists to come in, and I was sitting there. I was making oh, a record really? with the producer. An Aust Austrian producer mm -hmm. named named Peter Wolf. Yeah, we do the yeah. music. Kelly <laughs> Loggins comes in and he does the music for the people. Yeah. God, that sounded nothing like. It's going to be a big smash. <laughs> amazing. Oh man, I'm so over two here. Yeah, what are you talking about? Crazy things, Kermit. I got no quiet. respect around you. Um, so then, then you. So, so I went to. Call. I'm going to try and pick up where I left off here. Well, I went in for the cattle call and and saw the movie, and there was about. Six other acts in the theater. You won't and say who they are. I knew everybody. I don't remember. But wow. Aerosmith. Was not there. Oh. And <laughs> that I thought the opening scene with the Jets and everything, I figured forget about it. Everybody's going to write for that. And they got to the, the middle it. scene and the, uh, the volleyball scene. Right. And I turned to Peter and I said, nobody's going to write for this. We got to write this one. Because yeah. then, <laughs> then, you, then you're on the album, right? And yeah. then you're one of 10 or 12 songs that can be chosen for a single. That's clever. But Kenny, do you write... I, that's so interesting. You write for a scene because they have to put music throughout the movie. So yeah. they're so trying I, to vibe for the first scene. I knew that scene that was, was going to need music. And okay. so that's what I went well, for. So I got playing with the boys in. And then while I was recording that, I got a call from Maroder and his office. They said, you know, we have a song. We got to dub in Friday and we don't have a singer for it because I guess the lawyers blew it. And that was Danger Zone. That was Danger Zone. So, hmm. so I went, I listened to it. I made some changes and made some changes and then went into Did they the give you a writer's studio. credit? Well, here's the deal. <laughs> Writing credits are tough. This is actually, I don't think I put this in the book. All right. That, that um, Giorgio and Whitlock, his co-writer, they were trying for an Academy Award for their, for their music in the movie. Mm-hmm. But if they had, it had to be the same two writers. Ooh. So they couldn't add me as a writer. 
because that ah. would that would be one of the songs they needed to get that Academy Award nomination, four, right? It, it is in I your. I thought book, it was I five, but okay, you but know, you know better book. than me because you're a big movie star. Well, I <laughs> 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 no, I read the book. It is in the book. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. so let's say yeah. it's four or five, and then uh, and um, you. So you do wind up with it, or you don't get it? Well, I, I said okay, then just give me a piece of the publishing. Instead of writers, so we, you know, financially Ooh, we can work it out that way. Smart. But then when he sold his publishing company, something got lost in the shuffle. Oh, and my wow. name was dropped off the record for no. about, actually, more like ten years. Uh, so nothing it, came in just from the publishing on that part, and then, then it started nobody, again. nobody was watching the door, right? So yeah. I didn't get paid for at least oh. ten years, maybe twelve. But then you got a credit later. We we had to straighten it out and okay. go through all that stuff, but that's always. But so my name was not on as writer for years. Does that eat at you a little bit? The missing money is what ate at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, also that someone would drop the ball like that, and, yeah, and no one like, gave a shit. No, no yeah. one's watching the hen house. And you, mm -hmm. and then when Danger Zone comes back again on the new top, I don't know if you've seen it, Dana, but it's a big hit right that's now. That's like a, a an amazing worldwide smash. And here you are again, front and center. Yeah. And just as a fan, when I watched the movie and then I heard that again, it was like, oh, I was just completely elevated. It, it brings everybody right back to that moment yeah. 35 years ago. Yeah. But it was like- When you guys were just, you know, like what, five? Oh, I was so young. Dana Thank was you, Kenny. I want to meet your dermatologist, but we'll talk after. <laughs> Kenny's looking good. Yeah, you're uh, looking good. And all right, let's, we should let Kenny go. I think we covered everything SNL we could. Well, I, I just want to know how you, this resurgence, what what has it meant, if anything, just that you're front and center right now in the culture with Danger Zone? Do the people go more crazy when you play it? Like, Absolutely. It's, yeah. So it's that's yeah. just kind of cool, right? It's so back on the last. You know, uh, Tommy Dowd, I worked with on a, on a record. He produced uh, Derek and the Dominoes and a few things like that. Oh, yeah. And Tommy said, success is like a moving train. And for a, a minute, you're in the window and people can see you. Yeah. And then the train moves on. And so my train is like a, a Lionel. Circle. You know, Sorry, it just keeps coming yeah. around because now this danger zone's back in the window and it's cool again. Yeah. Footloose went through a period of time where it was just not cool. Because yeah, it but it's such a toe tapper. Took the groove when over. you, if, yeah. if and when I go to your concert, which I want to because it's great, uh, you're the kind that if if I brought a friend that wasn't as 100% familiar, every other song they'd be like, oh, he does this one? No, he did that oh, one. There's so yeah. many hits. I don't yeah. think it's you, 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 it's, you can suffer from too many hits. Yeah. Where people go, oh, no, he also did that yeah. and yeah. that. But then, it, you know, with music, you have the young people keep discovering it. Yeah. And it's kind of hip. My kids love stuff from the 80s and 90s. Well, you yeah. can see that the whole yacht rock thing is really big. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about audience. that briefly. Yacht rock. How yeah. do you how do you define that? Well, I don't. Oh, <laughs> but but actually, there was a period of time, I will, a period of time where uh, smooth jazz was influencing pop music. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us were leaning in that sort of Stevie Wonder kind of vibe and trying to get things that were a little funkier, a little, mm -hmm. you know, more of a jazz groove. And I was working with a lot of the New York guys like David Sanborn and mm -hmm. Eric Gale and Steve Gadd and people like that. So, you know, like Heart to Heart is a good example of that kind of jazz, smooth jazz smooth vibe. jazz and pop rock. Yeah, a lot of saxophones in mm -hmm. that era. Yeah. And so I think that that the yacht rock thing was kind of partly defined by the guys that created the the internet comedy bit on yacht rock. So it was like yeah. wealthy men on their boats. 
I, I'm never I sure about either. that. That's it, one of the things I hear is like, it's oh. is it music you listen to on your yacht, or is it if you, you own, own a yacht, yeah. do you do you it listen? Might be to, just oh, more okay. of a concept of just yeah. like it sounds cool, it sounds fun, and it sounds like yeah, it, old school hits that maybe middle aged guys are cranking, which I'm fine with. Yeah, well, yeah, they all they one. all work. Yeah, yeah Dana's uh, one. I'm like a young. A young Ingenue. version of that. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I am his father. We haven't never announced it, but I, I, I am no your father. I am your father. I think they're allowed to laugh back here. They've been either they're I holding it in or nothing's Luke. been funny yet. Uh, <laughs> well, so we anyway, haven't really started the show yet. No, He's, we got the book is push the still button. all right. The guest right. is the great Kenny Loggins, who just keeps. Uh, I prefer what? Kenny Loggins, the great. Just Kenny Loggins, the great. <laughs> and wait, there's more. <laughs> he keeps coming at us yeah. in society and now Danger Zone and Top Gun and all that uh, super hit. And we just thank you yeah, for coming on you. our humble show. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you, I, when I heard you had one, I, I, these kids are good. They're going <laughs> to. They stick I love with being it. called a kid. Can I hang out with you more? <laughs> if they stick with it, you know, they they just might make it. Well, thanks because uh, if you if you get a chance to see him in concert, he's uh, it's all it's just great. I would love it. And uh, I'm going to look at your tour list and just show up backstage. One just of those days. anytime. Yeah, yeah. work up. Um, any I, song you like. Uh, I'll you know. do chopping broccoli. It's a thing I did on SNL. If you got yeah. a piano, it's a. Broccoli. Chopping broccoli might go. be a good yeah. collab. That should be a good. We'll we'll take an intermission that night. <laughs> you can <laughs> just sell merch. There. You <laughs> sell merch. We'll sell merch while you yeah. the whole play. crowd leaves. You can be the opening act. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kenny, and thank, thank you, Dana, you, and David. Uh, once again. See you next time. Thank you both. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence Thirteen. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13, executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 